Welcome back to the Endure It podcast. I am your host, Rachel Thomas. We survived Thanksgiving and it is quickly, it has quickly been put behind us in a distant memory already. I hope yours was enjoyable and I hope that you are doing, hope your health is doing well. Our Thanksgiving was fun. Uh, We did a lot of cooking and we were pretty exhausted on Friday after Thanksgiving. (laughs) I was like, whew, this is a lot of work. Lord bless my mama because she's cooked many of Thanksgiving meals and (laughs) didn't realize how much how much work it it really is to prepare a feast. Um, Zach cooked ours this year. I helped. Actually, we all helped. All of us chipped in and made a dish and made it happen. It was a lot of fun. The kitchen was crowded several times and I thought that was really cute. (laughs) That doesn't ever happen. The food was good. We experimented with some gluten-free dishes, I'll call them. We did a gluten-free macaroni and cheese, and we did a gluten-free broccoli rice casserole. That one is my favorite. I love broccoli rice casserole. So we made that one gluten-free, and it, it tasted really good. But I had to sit on the sidelines and watch my fellow family members enjoy pumpkin pie and pecan pie with Cool Whip on top. And that was rough. (laughs) That was hard. That was so hard. But that's okay. (laughs) It's okay. I stuck to my gluten-free cookies from the Bear Bakery in Houston. I ordered lemon drop and snickerdoodle. And they were pretty, pretty tasty. They're grain-free and no processed sugars or refined sugars in them. So they, they were pretty good. So I just closed my eyes and visualized that one of them was pumpkin. I'm sure I could have found a gluten-free pumpkin pie, but it just, <laughs> it wasn't worth the effort on my part, I guess. So I, I did not have one. I did not make one. So I can honestly say that is my first Thanksgiving without pumpkin pie. So shed some tears, moving right along. It's going to be okay. (laughs) I'm thankful that I felt good on Thanksgiving Day. I was able to cook some stuff and contribute, and that was, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that I was able to move around and socialize and play some games. That was a lot of fun kids had fun. And overall, it was a nice Thanksgiving dinner. The turkey was a little late on arrival. I've always been taught that you put that turkey in the oven early in the morning and let it cook. And our turkey didn't make it into the oven till about 12 or 1 (laughs) o'clock. So he was not ready for dinner time. So our, our, our start time was delayed but it was a good family delicious meal nonetheless. We enjoyed our Thanksgiving. We are very grateful for the good, the bad, and the ugly. We rejoice in every situation, even though that can be extremely hard. And don't always hit the mark on that. Miss it quite often. But we keep pushing forward. We keep training 
training our spirits, training our minds to do what we know to do, and that is to rejoice in all things and everything give thanks, no matter what it looks like. So our first gluten-free Thanksgiving dinner is officially in the books. Hopefully somebody out there got to do a turkey trot or went and walked the morning of Thanksgiving. Zach and I got out there and we did a couple miles dressed up in some ridiculous looking turkey attire. And we just went out there and had our own our own little 5K. Just the two of us. Felt like we hosted our own race. We were our own race's participants. And we were our own race's winners. So it was actually great. <laughs> it was great. It was a good day. I hope yours was too. I cannot believe we are in December and we only have a month left of 2020. I want to say I'm excited about 2021. I'm a little reserved about that statement. <laughs> Just because 2020 has has um, treated us all quite rough. Hopefully 2021 will be a little bit softer, but we shall see. We shall see. It is rapidly approaching. Hopefully you've been able to jot down maybe some goals. I know I shared that idea kind of like a New Year's resolution, but not quite. Just your what do you want to accomplish next year? What do you want to change about yourself next year? What is something that you don't want to do next year that you've done this year? And write it on the biggest piece of paper you own. And some I like to back it up with scriptures for each one that each item that I'm working on. I like to find a scripture that would bring strength to that area and write it on there so that I can use that to encourage myself, strengthen myself. Jot down your ideas for next year, your dreams for next year. It is going to be here before we know it. I wanted to share a little bit today about a, an issue in my journey that I wrestled with. Always going up for prayer or always requesting prayer because I always felt so terrible. And I know we talked last episode about I'm thankful that I have prayer warriors in my life and, and ladies at my church that pray whenever there's a need. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm not downplaying that in any way. That That is my lifeline. But one of the things I struggled with in in the season of being sick, we'd go to church or we'd be invited to a special service and we would go and they would they would do a healing altar call or ask if anyone needed healing. Or sometimes I was on groups on Facebook that had prayer rooms and I would ask for healing and I just kind of struggled with that because I felt like maybe I should only be prayed for once or twice for healing and then leave it alone and I just felt like maybe somebody needed to hear the encouragement of it's okay to ask for prayer. It's okay to be persistent. It's okay to be invited to a revival service or, or be invited to a healing service. Go see what happens. Have faith. See if the Lord brings a breakthrough. I, there were times where I was just like, I'm not going to the front. I'm not asking for prayer. I'm not going to go down for healing because I've been doing that. And 
you know, to a certain degree for me, it just felt like over time, you know, I had gotten worse and it just, I kind of came to a place where I was just like, okay, this is obviously where God wants me. So I just need to leave it alone. And I would just kind of stop requesting prayer for a period of time. And then I just felt like the Lord would point me in the direction of stories, biblical stories, where the woman with the issue of blood, for example, you know, had she not left her house that day and pressed through the crowd to touch Jesus, would she be healed today? When would she have been healed? And then there's the centurion whose soldier was ill, and Jesus didn't even have to go to his house to touch the, the sick individual. He just spoke it and said, go, he's, he's better, he's well. So I believe in the power of of prayer and just divine appointments. You know, it blows my mind to think that Jesus would pray for someone without being in their presence and they would be healed. And the person in the scriptures requesting prayer would travel back home, which would might take three or four days. And then he would question, you know, the sick person, about what time did you start feeling better? And they'd say, oh, about three days ago at such and such time. And they would make the connection that that was the exact time that Jesus had that conversation with that person. I had to just kind of break free from that and say, I'm not going to put limits on Jesus because I had a tendency to do that. I would, I would limit him. You know, my faith would waver. I'm not going to get healed. I'm not going to be better. This is just the way it is. And I just feel like we should be very open-minded when it comes to acting on our faith and, and, and going where we feel led to go, whether it be a revival service or a a tent revival or a healing service or a prayer room, a healing room. You never know what God is up to. Some of these people, they they approached him desperately and he healed everyone that approached him for healing. He reminded me of the story of David whenever him and Bathsheba, she was pregnant. They had a son and, you know, David had really messed up and had killed Uriah and had an affair with Bathsheba. Bathsheba got pregnant And the baby did not survive. The baby got very sick and died. But the scriptures say that David, even after the prophet had told David that his son was going to die, David still fasted and prayed and and laid out on the floor, probably outside the child's bedroom, pleading and praying and believing for a miracle. He did it in front of the servants of his household. Everyone saw David's posture even though the word had been spoken that the baby was not going to survive. And David, he still did. He still did what he thought he should do in that situation because he thought maybe, just maybe, out of God's compassion, he'll change his mind. It's that mysterious part of God. You know, we we want to control him sometimes and we, we think we know what's best, but we don't know truly what God's decisions are. We don't know his his ways. They're higher than our ways. And David states that in the scriptures, you know, maybe out of his compassion, he'll have mercy on me and, and let the child live. It's just that unknown, that unknown place of having to just really trust God's plan. You know, we all know the story. After seven days, the child dies. And David asks and they say, yeah, the child's passed away. And he gets up, washes his face, anoints himself with oil, goes into the sanctuary, worships, and goes and eats and just baffles the staff. Like when the child's alive, you're fasting and not eating and praying. But now that the child has passed away, 
you're up washing your face, anointing yourself, worshiping and eating. And he tells them, it could have, could it have been that I could have convinced God to let the child live, but I wouldn't know that until I, I walked through this, what I've done. I wouldn't know, I did not know what God was going to do. So I did what I know I should do, fast and pray and seek his face and trust what his decision is, is the best decision. And so David said his decision reigns supreme. The child has passed away, and so I can't bring him back, but I can go to where he is. And those scriptures, that story just, it really strengthened me. You know, sometimes we just need to do what we know we should do. Pray fast. You know, go request healing. Let the elders pray over you, anoint you with oil. Go through the motions that we know we can do by faith. The rest is up to God. The rest is God's decision. In our difficult circumstances, I say that we still seek prayer. We still seek other believers agreeing with us and laying their hands on us and praying with faith. And I still believe in elders that pray over us and anoint us with oil. It's it's not always easy to keep our faith and to remain positive and always have a positive outlook when we're walking through something really, really challenging and really difficult. And another hard part for me was you want to escape the situation. You don't want to walk it. You want to say, no, I just don't want to walk this, but you have to walk it. You have to go forward. And there's so many unknowns and fear can just really manifest itself and rear its ugly head and we have to just constantly crucify it down and ask the Lord to strengthen us with his mighty hand and carry us through. I know we have several family members and other individuals that we know that are suffering from COVID and it's just such a, there can be such a heavy atmosphere in our nation right now with everything that's going on. I've said it before, and I'm going to keep saying it. I pray that you find a place where you can get alone with God and just find peace, find rest. Just allow him to love on you and wash you with his words and wash you with his spirit. This hour that we're in is is so critical, and it's it's so important that we have that one-on-one relationship with the Lord. It is imperative in this hour. So I just want to encourage you to find that quiet time, get into the scriptures, allow them to just wash over you and strengthen your your spirit and your heart. Take the time to spend some time outside in the sunshine and nature, just relaxing as best we can. I hope you have an amazing week. We are gearing up at the Endure It podcast to move into season two, if you will. We're sort of wrapping up the first season, which talked a lot about uh, my health issues, my experiences, and we shared Zach's side of the story. So we're ready to move into another season, and we will definitely have more interviews from outside voices and friends and family, and they'll just be sharing their stories of seasons that they've walked through, trials they've overcome, and I'm, I'm really, really excited about several of the interviews that we have lined up. I think you're really going to enjoy listening to them share their testimony, 
And I have no doubt that you'll find strength and encouragement in their stories as well. Check us out on the website, www.enduritpodcast.com. And you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under Endure It Podcast. Until next time, guys, we will talk soon.